Well, as I mentioned, and this won't necessarily be on your screen right now, but uh, we talked about Thanksgiving. I also want to remind you that we will be decking the halls on the 23rd. That's Tuesday, the 23rd of November. And also, don't forget about TCTC, uh, the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention. Please talk to Cody about that. That's coming right up in January. Uh, it's a good time from what I've been told. I've never had a chance to go. Uh, but uh, make sure you talk to Cody if uh, your kids are going to or you want your kids to go to TCTC, okay? <clears throat> Why are you here? It's a big question, isn't it? What's the purpose? It's the purpose of your life. It's the purpose of my life. You know, philosophers have been wrestling with that since there's been philosophers. Philosophers have been wrestling with that question since, uh, since people have been thinking, right? Uh, it's 10.01 today. We're going to have that answered here in just a couple of minutes. There you go. Uh, have all that figured out. Move on with the rest of life. Why are you here? Why? Why? We ask that question, why, a lot. Why? Sam comes down and he helps me in the shop. And he's always asking why, why. I love it when he's there. Every job takes about four times longer, but I love it when he's there. By the way, I think he thinks I'm a sucker. He was uh, sweeping the shop the other day, and he said, Dad, can you pay me to do this? I said, well, you know, I don't know. We'll see. He says, I want to talk about what you want to pay me. And that's fair enough. You know, you work hard, you get paid. That's a good lesson to learn. And he knew his value. I mean, he wasn't going to sell it for some flat rate. He wanted to, he wanted to talk about this, Okay. But he, he starts negotiations with an insulting $10. And I, and I countered with something just as insulting. I countered with like a dollar, you know, to do this. I, we met at $3 yesterday. Uh, that was just for yesterday. We're still in negotiation for a long-term contract. I don't know <laughs> where we're going to land on this, okay? But he's asking why. That's what he does. Why is this? Why is that? Why? He wants to know, he needs to know, so he can wrap his mind around it. Is it worth doing? Is it not worth doing? Why? And we ask that question all the time. In fact, I would submit to you that if we don't answer the question why, it makes no sense for us to act as though or profess that we are the church, that you are the church. What sense does it make to say, I am this or I am that, without knowing the why. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love that you've given us. We thank you, Father, that we get to share in celebration today with Lori and her family. We thank you, Father, that we get to seek questions, that we get to grow in the search, Father. We ask that you will help us to be true and accurate to your word in all times and in all ways. Help open our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. This may be uh, one of those parts. This, this Sunday and next Sunday are going to be some of those below-the-surface parts. You know, this is iceberg. There's a lot that we see on Sunday morning, but there's some stuff we just don't know, we don't think about. Uh, and, and today and next week, we're going to actually look at a lot of those below-the-surface things. We have already talked about what the church is, and, and you, can't, you can't define what the church is without defining who the church is. And the church is those who have given their lives to Jesus. And so if I ask the question today, what is the purpose of the church? The why, the big why, what is the purpose of the church? You are the church, what am I asking? What is your purpose? 
Each one of you. As a group, as a body, sure. But each individual in this room, what is your purpose? We looked at where the church is. Church is all over the place. Especially if we realize that not everyone is in this same place of sanctification. Be very careful with that. Someone professes the name of Christ. You need to just go towards that direction. All right, you got, you got to be real careful if you don't know the heart of somebody. That's a serious thing that Jesus talks about. All right, so the church is all over the place, even if there's people we don't agree with. And then when? When? We looked at a little family history last week. When your church began. You can call it your church if you want. When your church began. Your church began 2,000 years ago. And it's an unbroken line that leads clear to this moment, leads clear to this day. We also briefly discuss when you do church. Well, you do church the same time that you do uh, mother or do father or do human being or do alive. It's what you are, and so it's what you do. Today we look at the why. There's been a lot of misunderstanding over the years as to the purpose of the church, the grand why. This is not the question of how. How we're going to discuss later. At the beginning of this series, I thought that why was really going to be the bulk of our series, but I, I had the wrong perspective. We're going to dig into the how a little bit later on. A lot of what people call the why of the church is, in fact, not the why of the church. It's not the purpose of the church. It's just a bunch of little hows. Today, I want to address the big why. A couple of things the church is not. The church is not a club where you pay your dues, all right? So just get that out of your head and out of your mind. You know, if I give here, then I'm a part of the church. If, if that is your definition of what the church is, then the answer is no, you're not a part of the church, okay? If that's your definition of what the church is, the answer is no, you're not a part of the church, and you need to begin seeking this relationship with Jesus Christ. Bottom line is this, you can't buy your way into the church. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way, okay? I don't, we give we, we, we need to give, continue to give charitably in our life, whether it's to this church or it's to our neighbor or it's across the world. Charity is a part of the Christian life and the Christian walk. But that's not what defines the church. The church, some people think, is there to marry people. You know, perform weddings. That's what you do. I don't believe in Jesus, preacher, but I want you to perform this wedding. Well, the answer is no. No, that's not the purpose of the church. In fact, even though the church does that, I've done a lot of weddings, the church could never do another wedding and get along perfectly fine. That's not the purpose of the church. It's just something that the church does. Personally, I have my own opinions on that, certainly with people that don't believe in Jesus, whether or not they should be married. <clears throat> but certainly, it gives me the chance to minister to people, and so I often talk to people, even those who don't believe in Jesus. Some people think the church is there to bury people, to perform funerals. Well, this is what you do. I've called up this business of burying people, and I want you to bury people. I want you to perform a funeral. That's not the purpose of the church, not at all. The church does that, but again, it could easily not do that. Many things the church does and doesn't do, but that doesn't mean it's the purpose of the church. I've had people, I've had a request one time. Somebody came in wanted me to perform a officiate a, a funeral, and they said, but I don't want you to talk about Jesus. I said, forget it. So it's not going to happen. 
And I refused to do that. I didn't refuse to do the funeral, but I refused to uh, withhold talking about Jesus. In fact, I asked him. I said, what you want done, literally anyone in the world can do. And you came to a Christian preacher. What did you think was going to happen? And so I was able to talk to that group and that family about Jesus. I don't know if he was particularly happy about that. But it needed to be done. If you're going to honor the creation, you honor the creator. And that stems from a misunderstanding of the purpose of the church. What's the purpose of the church? What's it there to do? Well, it's there to perform this funeral for me, whether I like the church or not. No, that's not the purpose of the church. We say that sometimes the purpose of the church is to give money or material things to people. To say yes to any request. No, that's not the purpose of the church. We do give people money. We give people material goods. We give people food. We give people all kinds of things. It's something that we do. But that's not the purpose of the church. Some people, and this is what really I, I think is, is, is troubling to me. Some people think the purpose of the church is to be perfect in word and deed. What an easy, by the way, it's a tired excuse. All right, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's a tired excuse. Well, I don't go to church because I had a rough time there one time. I'm sick of hearing it. You're not the first person ever to say that. It's a tired, played excuse. All right? Church isn't perfect in word and deed. They think the church is to be quiet and go along to get along. Some people think the purpose of the church is to make waves or unrest or some political statement. None of these things are the purpose of the church. None of this is the why, this ultimate why for the church. Misunderstanding after misunderstanding. And again, so much of this comes from an incomplete or unsearched for definition of the church. Remember what the church is again. The church is people all over the world and throughout time who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. So, why does the church exist? This grand why, this grand ultimate function. There's a lot of little whys, but we want the ultimate why. And again, this is answering the question, what is your purpose? What is your why? Some say that the purpose of the church is Acts chapter 2. You can turn to Acts chapter 2 if you want. We're going to go through quite a few different verses here today. But they're going to be on your screen. So as we flip through, if you can't keep up, that's all right. Some say the purpose of the church is found in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. See, I don't even have this one. See, I write, I write it down too. Sometimes it's just a little bit easier to do it that way. And if you said that, if you said that that was the purpose of the church, you would not be wrong. You wouldn't be wrong. And, and, and the reason I say that is because there are teachers in this room who have, who have brought that out, who have said something like that, that that's the purpose of the church. And I, I don't want you to feel upset about that or thinking that you're leading somebody astray. If you said that that was the purpose of the church, you would not be wrong. But you wouldn't be completely right either. You would leave out some of the definition. You see, because we can take a step back. We can take one more step back. Well, why do they do that? Why do they share in teaching? Why do they fellowship? Why do they break bread? Why do they pray? So we, we can step back even one more time from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Some people say that the purpose of the church is to make disciples. And that's a good answer. If you've told people that before, 
What's the purpose of the church? To make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. That's a good answer. You're not wrong. But again, that is something that the church does as we are living out our purpose. Frankly, we have a very difficult time defining what makes a disciple and what doesn't. Is it someone who follows Jesus? Is it someone who believes in Jesus? And if someone who follows Jesus, how do you know when they are a disciple of Christ? It's something that we do and the church needs to continue to do. Matthew 28, you find it there. Therefore, says Jesus, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I wonder if someone who doesn't know Jesus can teach me the facts about Christ. I wonder if someone who doesn't know Jesus can read through Scripture and tell me what it means, tell me what the words mean. I wonder if I could even learn the commands of Christ from someone who doesn't know Jesus. These are the thoughts that go around in my head when I'm wondering about the why, the ultimate purpose of the church. At first glance, the why might seem straightforward. We like to go to John chapter 3, verse 16. You've heard this before. For God so loved the world. Stop right there. For God so loved the world. We could say that that's the why. That's why the church exists. That's this ultimate purpose of the church. But I want to find its ultimate function as well. You see, that's not really the why we're after. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him... Stop. That's a how. That's a how the church comes about. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Should not perish, but have eternal life. These answer the why, if you think about it. Watch, look at those verses. These answer the why of salvation. Not necessarily the why and the function of the church. Ecclesia, those called to be a people. After all, he could have saved someone and that person has nothing to do with the rest of the church. That's not the church. If he wanted to, that's the way he could have designed it. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted the church to be a group. He wanted the church to be a family, a people. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2 for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, that's Jew and Gentile, that sums up everybody, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was created in himself, one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, that's the Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, that was the Jewish people. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him... The whole building is joined together and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him too, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now we are getting into the why. I like what 1 Peter says in 2.10, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you would not received mercy, now you have received mercy. 
this first glimpse of the purpose of the church. You can back up one verse, 1 Peter 9, or 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Listen to what he says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Why does the church exist? What is its purpose? Purpose number one, that you may declare the praises of Jesus Christ. That is your job. That's your purpose. Everything else that God does can be handled without the church except the praises of Him by His people. To praise Jesus Christ. If you're going to claim to be the church, then you take the definition that Jesus gives. What does it mean, by the way, to declare the praises of Jesus? This is beautiful. This is where, this is where it all comes together. Fascinating how the Scripture comes together. And it all fits together, almost like somebody's got a plan. Almost like somebody's designed this. Praises, this arete, it means self-declarations. You want to know what another way of saying self-declarations? Another way of saying that is a witness. Another way of saying that is Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Another way of saying that is you tell your story about Jesus' work in your life. That's what self-declarations are. That's what declaring the praises of Jesus is. Your job is to tell about Jesus in your life. What I've seen, what I've heard, that's your purpose. Purpose number two, I love this part. You are a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. And see, I think this is one of those below-the-surface things of the church that we don't think about very often. We don't think of being a priest, a royal priest. In the Old Testament, well, even in the New Testament, some, but in the Old Testament, priests and prophets worked two different sides of the same coin. They were intercessors between God and man. In fact, God spoke to the prophet, the prophet spoke to the people, the people spoke to the priest, the priest spoke to God. They worked between God and man, built a bridge between God and man. You are a royal priest. Jesus was the ultimate bridge between God and man. Jesus ascended to the Father, but he needed these bridge builders in place. And you, church, as the royal priest, are that bridge between humanity and God. We tell, we show, we invite, we introduce, we explain, we pray for, we serve, we minister. A bunch of hows to serve out your ultimate purpose. But look at what Peter says. And there's multiple places this is said. You're not just a priest. You are a royal priest. There's two other royal priests that are pretty prominent in Scripture. One is Jesus Christ. The other one is Melchizedek. And Jesus is called a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Those are the royal priests in Scripture. And you, church, also 
are a royal priesthood. We belong to the house of the king. It's as though we are after the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 110 of David, a psalm, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn will not change his mind. You are a priest forever and the order of Melchizedek, talking about the coming Jesus Christ. Once again, he was this mysterious figure in the Old Testament from the city of Salem. Abraham recognized something significant in this man, Melchizedek. He gave him a tenth of everything he had. And he was a, he was a wealthy, powerful Arab sheik. And he gives Melchizedek everything he has, or a, a portion of everything he has from the town, from the city of Salem. Later modified, Jerusalem. That's what this royal priesthood is and where it comes from. We need to be careful, I think. Because we are flirting on the edge of blasphemy. I mean, it sounds an awful lot, preacher. Like you are suggesting or saying in some way that the church's purpose is to be Jesus on earth. I'm not saying that. God does. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ. You are the hands, the feet, the mouth, the mind, the heart of Jesus Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You want to know your purpose. You want to know the purpose of the church. We get real tied up in a lot of hows. And in those hows, we forget our purpose. Our purpose is to be, to serve as a royal priesthood. Once again, pointing to Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to serve as His witnesses, to tell the story of Jesus working in our lives. And then be the body of Jesus Christ. Let's put all of this together now, all right? We looked at the priest of all believers, the priesthood of all believers in 1 Peter 2 as this intercessor, this intermediary between God and man drawing people to Jesus by building these bridges. Now we look at the commission of Jesus, Matthew 28 that we already covered. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look at the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, that is to spend time with, to the breaking of bread, that's remembrance and proclamation, and to prayer. Now we can look at Paul's summary in Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's a gift from God, not by works. You didn't earn this so that you can't boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works in this life, on this world, on this planet, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's your purpose. Don't miss your purpose. It is to be God's hands, mouth, feet, and heart in this world. And that's not blasphemy. That's the job you've been given. The ultimate purpose of the church. Who's the church? That's your purpose. That's why you exist. 
That's why you live. People go their whole lives looking for their purpose. When they don't find their purpose, they shut down. They're confused. They walk through a haze. They don't know what laughter is. They don't know what sadness is. They don't even know what their mission is. Your purpose is to be that royal priesthood. Declare the praises of Jesus Christ. Don't miss your purpose. You got one life, church. One life. Don't miss your purpose. We are to do the things that Jesus Christ would do if he were here physically on earth. Which raises the question, what kind of picture of Jesus are you giving this world? What kind of picture are you giving this world? It's it's necessary that we reflect upon our hearts, our minds, our actions, our attitudes. I had a very deep question of someone I was talking to the other day, just in their home. Um, wonderful, wonderful man. But I asked him, I said, do you lead? Do you lead? Are you that picture in your home? It's the same question we need to ask ourselves. Are you the picture of Jesus Christ? Are you the bridge builder between God and man? Is it just possible that many people refuse Christ, not because they don't like what they see on the other side, but because the bridge is so shaky, they don't want to cross it? Are you living out your purpose? Look, I get we don't live out our purpose perfectly. That's why Jesus came. <laughs> That's why he forgives our sins. That's why Lori was dunked in the tank today, right? But do you live out your purpose? Don't be shaky, uncertain, moving, blowing here and there. So why does the church exist? The ultimate question of why if we are a reflection of the character of Jesus Christ, listen closely, church. If we're a reflection of who Jesus is, it is impossible for the church not to exist. It must exist by its very nature. The question is, do you live out, do you serve that purpose? You may be asking the question, or you may be saying to yourself, look, I'd sure like to, but I don't really know how. I, I want a few more details. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because next week, we get into the specifics, the how does the church actually live out its purpose? How does it show this character, this beauty, this love of Jesus Christ? I encourage you to be here because the how is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? This is where we get the work done. And I encourage you all to be there, hopefully to answer some questions. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love that you've given us. We thank you, Father, that you have given us a purpose 
to be your hands, your feet, to be the embodiment of Christ on earth. That you've blessed us as this royal priest to bring people into the presence of Jesus Christ and all of the wonderful things that go along with it. Father, help us as we look in the mirror, as we reflect upon our lives, help us to live out the purpose we have been given. Father, we know that one day this body is going to give out. I don't, I don't want to leave anything out there. Father, I want to know that I can sign your name at the end of this life. So I lived my purpose. I did what I was created to do. To honor Jesus Christ in my life and through that to save others. Father, help us tomorrow, Monday morning, to live our purpose. In Jesus' name. Please stand and sing. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's special shore. tickets. We, we got enough room for everybody, okay? So even if you forget your tickets, Trina's going to shoot me for this. Just show up anyway, okay? Seriously. There ain't anybody that's going to get turned away, okay? Come on. Even you. And even Erica. Especially Erica. Well, we'll save a seat for you, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the love that you've granted us. We thank you that Jesus died for us. And we thank you, Father. It's incredible. We thank you that he gave us a job that we get to participate in this. We get to participate in this kingdom even now. He's given us a purpose. He doesn't, doesn't want us to wander aimlessly. But we get a mission, a purpose, a job to do. Father, we ask that you help us to fulfill that purpose. We know that there's a lot of other stuff we have to do in life. And Father, you help us through those things as well. But let us not neglect the true reason that we exist, the true reason that we are the church. In Jesus' name, amen.